Welcome to the Indoor AirPod, a show dedicated to our shared surroundings with industry heavyweights that are dedicated to designing, developing, manufacturing, and disrupting the status quo in order to make all our spaces cleaner and safer for everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Indoor AirPod. My name is Gary Moody. I'm the host. And my guest today is Lisa Greenfield. Lisa is the business and marketing development uh, director for Filter Pro USA in Florence, Alabama. Lisa, great to have you. Hey, Gary, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am super excited about this opportunity. Uh, we've had a lot of great conversation. Um, and I'm excited to be able to share it with other people. Um, I have great respect for you and what you do on LinkedIn. You have been a role model for me, and uh, I am honored to be your first guest. That's much appreciated, Lisa. Listen, before we we uh, we talk about what your roles are at Filter Pro, and of course Filter Pro, why don't you share a little bit of your career path? Uh, you know, take us back in time. Uh, you know to where you ultimately have ended up at this point in time. Okay, well, um, I am a product of growing up in Southern California in the 70s. So um, my lungs would hurt at the end of the day after playing outside. And that was my first experience of uh, what air pollution um, and the importance of air quality, you know, what that can do to young lungs, especially because uh, children are still developing. So that's uh, that's how my story started. Uh, <laughs> my first realization that, yikes, uh, this all really matters. Um, fast forward to Iowa and allergies. And, um, you know, uh, it's when I started teaching, when my boys started school. And uh, I spent 10 years in public school system and another 10 years uh, teaching Head Start, Early Head Start, federally funded early childhood program. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of exposure to illness. Um, so 20 years of my experience in education in different environments, different settings um, with different ages of children, and all of that comes back to what we know, which is, you know, school is a breeding ground for illness. Um, and the majority of our schools are 50 years or older. And um, a lot of them haven't had uh, any kind of upkeep done. Um, so we have a lot of buildings um, that need help. And therefore, <laughs> the indoor air quality inside of a lot of our schools is lacking. Um, and I experienced that firsthand um, through my teaching experience here. And so how did I get here? Um, well, because I want to advocate. I want to advocate for children whose lungs are still developing um, and for teachers who have one of the hardest jobs on the planet. And we should be making it a little bit easier for them by giving them some clean air to breathe. So that's kind of how I got here. I appreciate that very much. Regarding your, your position with Builder Pro USA, uh, share with everybody what you know. What actually do you do, and uh, and then we can get to, of course, what Builder Pro USA does. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, um, it's a new position for me. I just started about a month ago, um, and I'm super excited to be in the position of business development and marketing manager. Um, you know, Filter Pro is a provider of filtration services, uh, filters and maintenance services. And one of the things that we know is that MERV 13 or better is the best thing we can do to improve indoor air quality. You know, it's a really kind of a first step that we can do. And um, so to be involved in, with a company that is already doing that in large school districts is super exciting um, because I feel like we're going to make even more of an impact um, with every school district that upgrades, right, to MERV 13, um, we're improving the indoor air quality immediately. Um, you know, and although HEPA filtration devices are awesome, not all schools have access to them. And most schools have air systems, not all, um, but the ones that do, uh, that systems can handle an upgrading of MERV 13 or better, that's what we want to do, right? Okay. Do you is your uh, part of your business is is it going to be meeting having meetings with potential customers? So will we be calling directly on schools or the HVAC distributors, HVAC contractors, uh, engineers? But more specifically, what you know? What, how are you going to market the company's services? Yeah. So all of the above. Um, I've already done a presentation with one of the larger school districts in Alabama. They are already our customer, um, but we're looking to upgrade their MERV. And so I did a presentation with them showing them the benefits of doing that. And ultimately, um, you know, anyone that is looking um, for a filtration service, right, looking for uh, information on how to go about uh, improving, um, we can talk to them. It's, uh, but especially schools. Schools is uh, my focus right now. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of schools that we need to get up to date. Um, you know, the guidance is already there. ASHRAE, uh, CDC, um, you know, you name it. They've all said, you know, MERV 13 is the basic that you need to have, like, you know, everybody needs to get to that. So being able to be a part of that by doing presentations, by reaching out, um, by talking to more people, um, that's why I'm here, it's what I'm doing. And I'm excited to be doing it with a company that supports that um, very much so, yeah. Okay, regarding Filter Pro, why don't you, if you would describe, Filter Pro, as I understand, is a manufacturer, but they also provide services. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, is Filter Pro privately owned? How long in business, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. So uh, Filter Pro is privately owned. They're a minority certified business, and they focus on indoor air quality and preventative maintenance. Um, so they have the filtration production side of the company. Uh, but they also have the Filter Pro IAQ side of the company where we do uh, HVAC preventative maintenance. We come in and we do your complete filter change out. Um, everything that you can think of that has to do with filtration, um, we're going to be your partner in. Um, and we have really amazing ways to help save you money and also to help um, 
create less waste for our planet. Um, so we have, you know, frames that are permanent and then we change the media out instead of the entire filter, um, which is cost effective in the long run and um, saves our landfills. So it's pretty cool. Fantastic. The um, I talk to a lot of contractors uh, and occasionally I'll ask them, how often do they see dirty, filthy mm -hmm. fillers that are even severely clogged? And everybody yeah. always says all the time. Yeah. In your opinion, does America have an HVAC filter change problem? They absolutely do. And why is that? Because out of sight is out of mind, right? I'm guilty of it. I mean, I date my filter. I put it on my calendar replace on this date um, and still life gets crazy and you forget, right? Well, life is even crazier at school. Um, our maintenance folks, um, facilities managers, they're doing a million other things. So what's exciting about what we can offer is um, you, you can order your filters from us and we can ship them to you directly. Uh, we call that stock to dock. Um, any kind of filter, any size, um, you let us know, we'll have it ready for you and ship it to you. Um, or we come to your facility on a regular basis and we change out your filters for you. Uh, we also do our preventative maintenance services at that time, like coil cleaning, uh, that sort of thing. So it never gets forgotten, right? So, and even if you are forgetful about changing your filters and don't have us do it, if we send them to you, that's going to be your cue, your reminder. Oh, yeah, it's time for me to, to change my filters out because Filter Pro just sent me my filters. <laughs> you bet. Well, filtration, as we both know, it's extremely important. And experts around the world all agree that filtration is, is definitely one technology that needs to be employed. So you're, you're in a very important space, as you are well aware of. Do you, does Filter Pro have any plans for any new products? Uh, maybe next year that they may launch? Well, we're always looking to add new products. Um, we're looking to add new technologies always. So um, the door is always open uh, to those opportunities. And that's one of the things that I'll be doing as well in my position. Um, we're especially wanting to look into implementing um, sensors for indoor air quality monitoring, because that's something that uh, is recommended, right? You need to know what's happening pre or post filter, because, you know, without those results, you really don't know what's going on in, in your environment. So that's one of the things that we'll be adding um, up and coming. So be watching for that. You, you mentioned, uh, obviously, you have many years of experience inside schools. Why don't you share some things with people that may not know about what the number one reason for school absenteeism mm. is, and also how that affects school uh, finances? Okay, that's a good question. I have a lot of information for that question. Are you ready? Um, you know, absenteeism, is um, is huge, right, for teachers and students um, because they're they both can be costly. Um, you know, asthma uh, in children is the number one reason for absenteeism, and you know, asthma is exacerbated uh, by poor air quality, and that's outside and inside. 
Um, a lot of uh, our kiddos that are in urban uh, environments come from a lower socioeconomic background. They are exposed to even higher um, poor indoor air quality and, and air pollution outside due to living in industrial areas, living closer to highways. You know, all of those things come inside um, and affect everyone, regardless of whether or not they're asthmatic. Um, but, you know, if you if you think about school and absenteeism, 70% of uh, transmission of infectious illness, right, airborne disease happens at school. And why? Why does it happen there? Um, because you have 25 humans <laughs> breathing in a small space um, and they're breathing 3% of their neighbor's air every time, you know, they breathe in. So, um, that is, um, that is absenteeism. And, you know, ultimately if you visit my LinkedIn profile, Lisa Greenfield, 1 million, um, I have a plethora of resources and data there and reach out to me and whatever I talk about here today, I have a resource to support it. Um, and one of those resources is how our states are funded. So school funding happens differently in every state. So depending on that, um, kind of depends on how much the loss is for absenteeism. But ultimately, um, four and a half days a year is what a student is absent. And that can add up to a lot of money if the uh, funding comes up front uh, when they are taking a student count. So if that student isn't present, they're not getting the money. In some states, they're all different. Um, and the school boards realized this, that poor indoor air quality actually has a potentially bad effect on their bottom line. Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, I presented to the sixth largest school district here in Iowa, Ankeny, Iowa, which is where I live, uh, last fall. And I presented to them on the financial effects because ultimately that's the bottom line. You know, you may love children and want to support them and do the best by them, but it comes down to money, right? And <clears throat> I thought, well, maybe they'll listen if we talk about the bottom dollar, right? And ultimately the amount of money that could, you know, they could be still bringing in um, can be impactful. Millions of dollars for a size of school district here, right? And then you talk about teacher absenteeism, and that's a whole nother bucket, right? Just teachers alone, the minimum is $1,800 a year for five, about five days a year teachers are absent, right? $1,800 minimum to cover their costs, substitute costs, administrative fees, that sort of thing. So in a school district like uh, one in um, a suburb of Atlanta, that has almost 200,000 students and it's a one to 16 teacher ratio, you do the math there and that's ultimately, you know, just one day, right? If we just took one sick day away from improving indoor air quality, that could save the school district $2 million, $2 million, just like that, yeah. you so know? As, as we both know, uh, IAQ is more than just protecting human health. There's there's a lot of money involved. Oh, yeah. Ab yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, balk at um, like investing in newer technologies, paying more for higher filtration. Well, ultimately, those are investments, right? And what do you expect to get out of your investments? You expect to get return, right? Well, you do. And then some because it pays off in the long run when you're saving from having healthier people, right? Preventative maintenance, uh, less cost being paid out, having to fix things and so on and so forth. It does pay off. You just have to look at the bigger picture. Regarding school board meetings, have you ever attended one and stepped up to the microphone? Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. In fact, I encourage everyone to do that. Um, In fact, get on your uh, school uh, website. You can sign up online uh, to speak to the board. You got three minutes. They have to listen. Um, (laughs) You can go to YouTube uh, and hear me speaking to the Ankeny School Board and asking them about uh, their indoor air quality and what they've done. Um, And it's, you know, three minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but you can pack a lot in and you can start having them think about what have we done and why aren't we doing more? Uh, It opens up the conversation and uh, it happens to be school district I taught in for four years. Um, So, and one of the teachers on the school board was the one I taught with right before leaving. So ultimately, yes, do it. Go talk to your school boards, talk to your superintendents, make this a conversation. And I'd like to plug uh, Michael and Tara Bailey here of Indoor Air Care Advocates. Um, They're iaqadvocates.org. They're out of Alabama and they are an amazing parent couple that has um, done really grassroots efforts on advocating for healthier indoor air in schools. So check them out. Um, if you're a parent looking to um, do more, uh, they're a great model for doing so. Okay. We, we both know that knowledge is healthy. In your opinion, should IAQ 101 be taught in schools at a relatively young age? Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that middle school, high school, is a great age. Um, I mean, you know, you can always start younger. It depends on your students, you know, really what are they interested in? Um, but I, I feel like you should start with um, health, right? That's the foundation of everything, is it not? Our health is everything. If we don't have that, we have nothing. And so uh, when it comes to teaching children about air quality, um, I think it's important to discuss um, how it affects us. Absolutely. Um, It can even be a curriculum. I know some um, IAQ products have even incorporated that into their um, product sales is is providing uh, curriculum for children. Well, in IAQ 101, uh, maybe a student would learn something about changing the filter. And the student gets home at night and one of the parents says, hey, hey, Jimmy or Linda, what did you learn today? Hey, Mama, when was the last time you changed the HVAC? (laughs) Well, I think that the kids these days would be like, hey, Mom, there's an app that you use that you (laughs) could just program that in there. And it's going to remind you because you can't remember anything. That sound about right? (laughs) Well, in 2022, Kaiser Health News Network reported that over 2,000 schools 
across 44 states in the COVID-19 era bought air purifiers. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact dollar figure, but it has to be most likely in the hundreds of millions of dollars that mm -hmm. those schools paid collectively. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different manufacturers. Uh, as you know, there's numerous brands. In your opinion, was the indoor air quality actually improved? I... And, and does it continue to be improved based on that massive investment? Well, here's the question. How do you know? Right? How do you know if they're working or not? Mm, are you testing the air? Because if you're not, you don't know. You can go by their studies, you know, but ultimately when you're putting it in a different environment, right, you need to know, you need to test. Um, and some of the some of the products that were sold to schools are great. HEPA filtration, right? It's proven. It is it's not adding anything to the air, right? There's no emissions from it. Um, nothing crazy happening with chemistry or ionization. It's just proven it works, right? It takes the threat out of the air. Um, same with our MERV filters, right? The higher the filter rating, the more it removes from the air. And that's the ultimately the best thing we want to do. But, you know, I would say question everything because there was a lot of um, products that were sold that are not safe or not doing what they say they were supposed to be doing. Test your air to know. And that's, you know, you that's how, what we do with kids, right? We test them to, to understand what they've learned um, in school. I mean, it's just what we do, right? You you test to know. So. Yeah. To, the, to the best of my knowledge, there's not one air purifier manufacturer that is accountable after the fact. You mentioned indoor air quality monitoring. Mm -hmm. Do you think within the next five years it will be standard in schools? Or do you, th you think there's probably, it probably would never happen? Yeah. So I think that there needs to be uh, regulation and law in place. Um, I think ASHRAE has kind of started that by um, the infectious aerosols 241, changing that up as in here's the expectation. This is where you need to be. Until we get to that point where we have those standards in place and that are enforced, uh, then I don't think we're going to be seeing much action. Um, but ultimately, if there are standards in place where this is the expectation, okay, well, you need to monitor right, to understand where you're at. Um, until that point, I think it's going to be a, um, a pause <laughs> because ultimately, uh, if it's not mandated, you know how that goes, right? Absolutely. It's very complicated. Uh, there's a lot of experts that believe that you cannot most effectively improve indoor air quality unless you know what's in it to start and then ongoing. And I, I think indoor air quality monitoring has a, a really, really big long-term future. And with millions of buildings just in the United States, I don't think I've ever entered a building for whatever reason in duration and had any reassurance that the IAQ is being addressed. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will come a day when buildings are ventilation certified? Absolutely. Um, that is my hope. Um, it's why I'm here today, uh, making buildings safer for the people inside of them. You know, 
If you've ever walked into a school with all of those humans inside, um, you know <laughs> that air is not healthy. And depending on, you know, the age of the school, do they have moisture issues? Is there mold not being addressed? What kind of particulate matter is floating about? When was it built? Is there lead? Um, do there are their windows painted shut? Do they have the opportunity for ventilation? I mean, there's so many variables that go into it um, that we need to have um, a, a system in place that that ensures air quality for students and the staff. Right? It's just um, it's what we what everybody deserves. And it's uh, it's honestly one of the one of the uh, foundations that I'm part of, which is um, indoor air uh, ASAP. It's a campaign with uh, Mission Next Foundation and uh, retired Colonel of Air Force Dr. Paul Nelson. You can find him on LinkedIn as well. I serve as um, the fellowship uh, administrator, and um, being part of something bigger to make a bigger change is. Um, is what we all need to do, right, to get the pendulum moving. In your opinion, do you think um, the long-term future is definitely to help protect human health, not just in schools, but in all, all buildings? If somebody asks you what indoor air quality is, Lisa, what, what would you say? Uh, assuming, you know, the person that asked you that is a lay person, which most people are, what, what is an indoor air quality? And maybe more specifically, what would be your definition of clean air indoors? Yes. So um, one of the things I'm going to refer to on this is um, a well summit letter that was written um, with six of the folks writing this being former U.S. Surgeon Generals. And um, they said, there is compelling evidence from both, both cross-sectional and intervention studies of the association of increased student performance with increased ventilation rates. There's evidence that reduced respiratory health effects and reduced student absence are associated with increased ventilation rates. So increasing ventilation rates in schools imposes energy costs and can increase heating, ventilating, and air conditioning system capital costs. But the net annual costs ranging from a few dollars to about $10 per person are less than 0.1% of the typical public spending on elementary and secondary education in the United States. So such expenditures seem like a small price to pay given the evidence of health and performance benefits. And so these, this is from six former U.S. Surgeon Generals. Uh, the uh, ultimately we are seeking to have healthier inside air for everyone, right? Not just in schools, um, but schools especially, um, because we have so many folks inside of it on a regular basis. And here's another thing to add, um, a fact about children. Children uh, respirate more frequently than adults do, right? Their lungs are larger comparatively to their body. They breathe more frequently. Therefore, they are uh, processing more air, which if that air is polluted, they're bringing in and processing more of that pollution. So anywhere from, you know, the particulate matter, infectious aerosols, uh, CO2, all of those um, things factor in with air quality. Air quality should be um, 
something that's safe to breathe, that's not going to cause any health consequences, right? There's so many things that can uh, be in the air that, you know, I talked about lead. People don't think about that, but it, it's still an issue. Uh, radon. Radon is huge, right? Only 20% of our schools have even tested for it. It's the second largest cause of lung cancer. And our children could potentially be breathing that because we're not testing for it. Why aren't we testing for it? Because there's no mandates. There's no law that says we need to. So they don't have a voice. We need to be protecting them, right? And healthy air doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to be addressed, right? Here are your steps. And they talk about it all the time, right? The professionals, uh, Dr. Joseph Allen, you have to what? Ventilate, filtrate, and monitor, right? <laughs> Do those things. It's not that hard. Um, but until we put down the parameters and say, look, this, you have to do this. I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Some, now, some have. Some school districts have been proactive, um, and a lot of them are customers that have already, you know, upgraded to MERV 13, um, but not enough have, and I think that we need to be doing that. What, what are your thoughts about, you know, schools having an indoor air quality assessment done? And not just schools, but at least large buildings. Um, a lot of people may, may not be aware that maybe Legionnaire's disease is a lot more common than any of us really know. And that's tied to indoor air quality, but also to water contamination. Uh, you know, it just seems like it's a, a, a you know, a no-brainer. Schools right. definitely should have an indoor air quality assessment. Yes, yes. And you mentioned, I think you kind of agreed that maybe in the future that schools will have indoor air quality monitoring in place and of course schools and buildings uh, they have smoke detectors and fire alarms yes uh carbon monoxide monitors yes and that's of course to protect human health and safety that's and so right. i just think like it would be logical to know what's in the air in schools and that for the benefit of the students the parents the teachers and the staff Yes, I, you know, I had this conversation very interestingly with a really cool person who was a facilities manager, and we discussed this, you know, why aren't more schools uh, doing indoor air quality monitoring? And I think what it boils down to is they feel ill-equipped in every way to address what they find. One, they don't have money, right? They're saying, we, we don't have money if we do find a problem. What are we supposed to do about it, you know? So as a country, we need to set up a system that's going to support, right? That's going to guide and support our schools to make those necessary changes. So I feel like a lot of that reservation to test is simply because like, great, we know, but now what? You know, we, we, there's been school districts that have done the testing, but then ultimately didn't follow through on making any changes because they said they didn't have any money to do it. Um, you know, um, uh, I go back to uh, Denver schools where they implemented an, an IAQ system district wide. Um, and, uh, you know, they monitor the air. They, I believe we're going to be going public with it. Um, and they're one of the few that has been transparent, you know, um, 
But I think we need to have more models of schools doing this sort of proactivity. Uh, but ultimately, you know, like we talked about, it comes down to uh, money and being able to, one, implement and to address. What, what type of mold issues do schools have in general? Um, college dorm mold is very, very mm. common. Uh, yeah. that, has that been your experience in schools in terms of mold? You mentioned radon, obviously, of significant yes. importance. Yes. In fact, um, I became very ill uh, teaching in, in a classroom that I was in um, from molds um, to the point where I had to seek medical attention, use an asthma inhaler just to breathe. Um, it was really bad. and uh, But it wasn't visible, you know. Um, and so oftentimes people may be sick and don't even know why. Um, and that's something that uh, is a common occurrence. I've talked to many educators that have said, you know, uh, I worked in a classroom and uh, I got sick because there were moisture issues, uh, a roof leaked or water in a wall that nobody saw. And this, uh, you know, causes severe health impacts. Um, and so here our educators are trying to teach and they're sick on top of it all. Like, how awful is that? Um, I want to point you to um, Brandon Chapo, who uh, is the head of changetheairfoundation.org. He's a pioneer champion um, on all things IAQ and molds. Um, he's really a leader in making uh, changes uh, on a level of law to be able to address this issue because I think ultimately people are not informed. They really don't understand um, molds. They don't understand what to look for. Um, and then when it, they do find it, a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of people don't know how to address the issue. So that's a big, big issue um, that um, needs to be addressed in an in entire assessment of a facility, whatever building you're looking at. That's one of the things that needs to be looked at, including, you know, the particulate matter and the gas levels and all of those other things. Being involved with marketing, um, it just seems like video shorts explainer videos have a big future to explain to laypersons uh very complex topics and bring it down to a level or are, are any of your plans in the future to do video shorts or animation um you know that type of thing to further help educate and of course sell your products you know that type of thing um, I would love to. So if anyone out there is listening and wants to teach me how to do that, uh, let me know. <laughs> I'm uh, midlife transitioning into uh, a new uh, occupation. So, but I'm a lifelong learner, former teacher, so I can learn quick. Uh, one, of, one of the places that you can go to uh, see a video like that is um, lung.org, the American uh, Lung Association. They have a really great video about that. Um, I think it's about a minute and a half long. It talks about um, indoor air quality and health, uh, as well as, um, what's the other one? Sorry. Uh, that's all I got for that one. Sorry. 
That, that, that's okay. No, brother, there's so much to talk about regarding indoor quality. And as we both know, it's, it's an incredibly broad landscape. And, you know, it's, you know, where do you start? Where do you finish? Um, it's an ongoing process of trying to figure out, most importantly, how best to protect human health tied to the air that we breathe indoors. Where, what thoughts do you have about uh, how to beat out the competition, Lisa? Uh, we, we both know there's an enormous amount of competition. For example, do you, is social media marketing, do you think in your future long-term plans? Uh, we both know how incredible LinkedIn is, and there's certainly a lot of different social media outlets. Do you think that's something, uh, if you were to pursue it long-term, can help draw attention to your brand? Uh, absolutely. And that's the goal. The goal is to uh, educate in order to be able to empower people to make uh, the best decisions for um, the inhabitants in the buildings that they're in. Um, I wanted to add real quick, uh, Michael and Tara Bailey put together a video too about indoor air quality that you might want to check out at their website, which is the IAQadvocates.org. Um, but uh, yeah, there is um, so much we can do. And I think bringing attention to the importance of indoor air quality, it doesn't just affect the students and teachers, right? It affects everyone. If we have illness and children aren't present, right? Or teachers aren't present, we can't have class, right? If you don't have teachers, you don't have a class. Um, I got COVID during, I was teaching during COVID. Uh, we didn't have any substitutes. It was early childhood. You have to have two teachers to have a class. I was out. Students were in class. They were at home with their parents. Well, their parents couldn't go to work. What happens, you know, it's like they can't go to work. They can't make money, right? Because they're not in school. And, you know, ultimately this affects everybody. When you can't, go to work, you can't make money, you can't pay the bills, right? It affects our economy. Um, so when we look at it at the big picture level that it is, it affects all of us, you know? Um, and it's a problem for everyone, not just parents with kids in school, not just teachers. Our entire economy depends, on, I mean, look what COVID did when schools shut down. Look what happened. Like, we rely on our schools for so much in addition to educating our children, right? So that's where I feel like this is so foundational, not just in schools. Look at child cares, right? I mean, if you talk to anybody who has sent their child to uh, child care, what did they tell you? Like, there's, they're always coming home sick. They're always sick. What if we could reduce that by improving the air quality through ventilation and filtration, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we, we both know that IAQ awareness promotes good health and protects lives. And the more that all of us talk about it, the more in the public will at least maybe take a closer look. And unfortunately, with the pandemic in our past, nobody, none of us know what's the future hold. But knowledge is very healthy and powerful. And, uh, you know, there'll be a never ending need for people to educate the public regarding this extraordinarily complex subject. And there's probably a lot of people don't realize that the majority of life is indoors. 90%. Uh, yeah, we're, we're actually an indoor species and we yes. all venture outdoors. And 
Lisa, you know, to wrap it up here, what would you like to add, if anything, at this point in time? Gosh, there's so much to talk about, you know, um, ultimately, whatever uh, questions or concerns um, that you may have about indoor air quality in schools, I would be 100% um, happy to uh, discuss it with anyone. Um, there is uh, so much still to talk about yet. Um, and, but like you said, it's about educating um, and awareness. And if we look at it as a social problem and not just a school issue, um, I think that uh, more people might listen, especially when we're talking about the money that could ultimately be right saved um, by improving indoor air quality and not just money, but, you know, test scores have been shown to improve. You know, CO2 is a huge factor in um, indoor air quality. And, you know, when you're talking about testing indoor air quality, <laughs> um, people say, well, you can't know everything that's in the air just by testing CO2. Well, no, you can't, but it's a really good indicator on whether or not your ventilation is is up to snuff, right? If, um, if you don't have good ventilation, you're not having dilution, which is what we want. Uh, for the um, the pollutants. So dilution and removal, right? That's what we want. So with filtration. So, you know, in leaving today, I'd like to say, please have me back because there's so much more I want to talk to you about and to talk to everyone about. But um, ultimately what it boils down to is, you know, the health of our children, you know, and, um, and our teachers, and there's so much more. Uh, but I wanted to thank you so much uh, for having me today. There is um, great conversations to be had. I know I'm excited uh, about this uh, opportunity. And I hope that if anyone um, has filtration needs that they will uh, reach out to me at filterpro.com and <clears throat> you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Lisa Greenfield. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. And the school issue is very important to me. I, I would welcome the opportunity to have you back at a later date on the indoor air pod to update us all what's going on in schools and of course with what's the latest with Filter Pro and, and how you're doing. But thank you so much for your time. It was great. Uh, thank you so much, Gary. I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to the Indoor Air Pod, produced by Gaslight STL, your podcast partner. Be sure to give our show a follow to keep up with upcoming guests and topics. And please reach out with any questions or guest suggestions.